I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. I'm Kevin. And I'm Nick. Question mark. And it's time for episode number 347 of Video Games Hot Dog, the one with special guest Nick Sutner. Hi, Nick. Hello. Hey, who are you? Oh, my. Uh, can you introduce me? Instead of me. Oh, I Jesus want to Christ. Take on it. I, this, is a, this is rough because I don't actually know that much about you. I know. That's why I want to hear it. Uh, okay. <laughs> Nick. Um, Nick used to work for Sony. True. Uh, he does a board games podcast and a Spelunky podcast. True. He... Uh, he punched up the dialogue in Guacamelee 2. He yeah. made it more racist. <laughs> um, Actually, I have a story about that, but. Uh, he, uh, also, what other games have you made more racist? Uh, <laughs> no. Um, Celeste. Oh, nice. Celeste, right. Less racist on that. Celeste racist. Uh, and uh, a game called Escape, um, from the composer of Celeste. Uh, and some other upcoming stuff. Nice. But that is all true, except for the racist part. What's Although, your What's your story about the racism in, in Guacamelee? So, so I, when I at uh, GDC, when I met up with the dev team, I um, it was sort of right before I kicked off a lot of the writing stuff. I actually did a bunch of writing for that game as well. Um, and I was like, so I should I just like be like I want to make like you know puns in Spanish and like play on Spanish stereotypes and like not uh or in spanish and, and mexican stereotypes and not be offensive so i'm just gonna like overshoot it and then like is that okay and can you guys like reel it back in and make sure i'm not actually being offensive and they're like oh yeah it's fine like augusto on our team uh who is mexican will actually like check that so i'm just gonna play loose fast and loose with it and then <laughs> hope that i'm not accidentally racist but he he'll stop me so did, yeah, did, so was what were the stuff? tropes that you wanted to play on that yeah. you were worried that would be racist? Just, I, I don't know, any, any like, joke of uh, a word. Like, I don't know if that's funny or if it can be construed to be racist, and I'd rather someone else decide. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's nice to have a safety net. Yeah, it is. What? So I can what, not incriminate myself. What exactly did you do for Sony? I feel like everyone, everyone who always told me, "Hey, you should be friends with Nick Sutner because mm-hmm. uh, he's a cool guy," and mm-hmm. so are you. I was I like, was, "Oh, thanks." Uh, knew you through Sony. Should I? Should I tell you what Nick did for Sony? I'll tell. I'll tell you what he did. What did Nick do for Sony? Uh, yeah. So he was the the go to guy for bringing indies to Sony to the PlayStation. Am I making that nice. up? Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. No, that's great. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. The ghost tooth guy. The ghost tooth bringing... guy. Ghost tooth guy. Yep. Yeah. Ghost tooth. <laughs> that's, that's his nickname. Ghost tooth Sutner. Old ghost tooth. Yeah. Old ghost tooth Sutner. <laughs> I got I have a nickname already on the show. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Did you... It only took you 347 episodes to invite me. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> did, uh, did you enjoy your time at Sony? Did you uh, leave in a fit of peak? Were you, were you fired for your racism? Old no, ghost, ghost mouth Sony. I was promoted for my racism. No, um, <laughs> I uh, yeah, it was good. I was ever seven. It's like a promoted tweet. Uh-huh. <laughs> the only reason it can be promoted is for racism. Um, I was there for seven years, so it's a long time. Oh, so you just had the seven year itch. Yeah, pretty you wanted much. To, you wanted to go be the go to guy uh, for indies with another <laughs> company. Well, I uh, yeah, I just needed um, I, a lot of the good I wanted to like get done. I was able to do, and a lot of the long term games I'd worked on for many years were finally out. And I was like, all right, I could keep doing this for a long time. But if I'm not interested in like climbing a corporate ladder, then uh, I should go do something else. And I wasn't doesn't necessarily want to immediately go do more like dev relations stuff. But then Oculus came along, and they were like, hey, can we like you know, pay you more uh, to do. Coach you, you know I believe is the word. Like maybe that's maybe that's enough of a change. 
Wait, what's the word? Poach. <laughs> poach. Oh, yeah, poach. Poach me. Yeah. Classic ghost tooth poachers. <laughs> the yeah. Oculus Rift. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I went and did that for a bit and realized it sort of wasn't enough of a change in my life. Um, and that making more money doesn't make you happier. Contrary oh, sure to it does. Popular belief. And uh, yeah, so now I'm making no money. <laughs> Oh, so, sometimes happy. so are you maximally happy? Yeah. Does making less no, money yeah. make you happier? No. no. Mm. Knowing where your next meal from makes you less unhappy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There actually have been studies about how like if once a, you reach a certain level of wealth where you can actually take care of all your needs that like up until that point, it actually does make you happier. Yeah. It's like what? Um, 70,000. Yeah. I think it was 70. Well, it's probably That's, more than that. But that in, doesn't, in it's probably more than that in sure, San Francisco. Yeah. 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 Yeah, probably three times that. Uh, yeah, because you can barely you can barely rent a one bedroom hovel for seventy thousand dollars a year in this in this shit show. Mm-hmm. I like the Bay Area. Do you? <laughs> yeah, you've only been here like months, six years. Oh, have five, you? Five years. Full, not full time though. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, come on. Don't I tell don't the IRS. I've been here for 11 years. Yeah, don't tell the IRS. Don't, yeah. that, well, you can tell the IRS now. Just don't tell them about it one through five years. Just Skype them into the podcast. I go. Okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Imagine <laughs> asking the IRS what kind of video games they've been playing or <laughs> what fart jokes they're excited about <laughs> this week. I this is before we talk about video games, we 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 all talk about which fart jokes we're excited about. <laughs> Um, uh, mine is the one where somebody's blindfolded waiting for a cake. Um, I love that one. Wait, wait, are they <laughs> sitting on the cake? <laughs> no, it's just, I can only think of one joke about farting, which is like, a uh, guy comes home and he, his wife blindfolds him and says, I'll be right back with a surprise. And he just farts and farts and farts and farts and farts. And when they take the blindfold off, he's surrounded by people who are there for his surprise party. Oh, hmm. <laughs> I assume you just chose two elements and you were like, that fart joke. Like, I'm excited about the one with, like, thermoses and gasoline. Oh, like sodium and <laughs> potassium. Yeah. I, th- I, You know, I don't know a lot about biology, but I assume that the sodium-potassium pump is a critical element in the production of, of uh, farts. Makes sense. Uh, what, what fart jokes are you excited about these days, Jim? Uh, mostly the ones my son makes. Oh, good. And he smiles because of gas. That's right. It's, it's real sweet, even though I know it's not because he's happy at me. Are you excited about your son beginning to talk and learning about what jokes are and making up a bunch of very, very bad jokes? I am fucking excited about when this kid can have reactions other than I am upset about something or I am not upset about something. Like, he has facial expressions right now. They're just bullshit. Yeah, they're like. Do you tell him that they're adorable, <laughs> but they're bullshit? You should write a kid a book about kids raising kids called "When Your Smiles Don't Mean Farts." <laughs> that's that's good. Yeah, you're gonna have to listen you to know, this I'm again in super... like 15 years when he's like stealing your car to go like hang out with his friends or something, and you're like, oh, God, that's also when he's, when he's going to be stealing your car to sell for FIFA. Well, I'm just trading card packs. I'm just imagining <laughs> like. Six-week-old Winston doing these two things, and it's like, oh, yeah. what a cutie! <laughs> yep, <laughs> getting married, having his own kids, <laughs> dying, and having a nice funeral. Tiny coffin. Ooh, that's the age of eighty. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, come on. Dark, it wasn't man. okay. All right, it's darker than the baby having sex with somebody and having his own babies. Uh, I, babies having babies. I don't know. Mm. 
Anyway, I want to talk about now that etymology. I've ruined the podcast. What do you want to talk about? Etymology. About what? I was talking to um, a friend of mine on Twitter about dungeons, and she was asking. I tweeted about this, so maybe like if you follow me on Twitter, you you'll see you saw a snippet of this conversation. Uh, she was asking why Gary Gygax chose the word dungeon to represent the place you explore in uh, in Dungeons and Dragons, and hmm. It took me a while to even realize why this was a question, because, like, of course you ex- fucking explore dungeons. That's where the <laughs> monsters and treasure are. <laughs> but, um, but dungeons, like, in when the word was coined, a dungeon refers to, like, a poorly lit prison, and that's it. Yeah, I always thought like, it was, like, the, specifically underneath a castle. Underneath it was part castle, of a castle yeah. that was, like, the, sure. br- the brig. Yeah, and, like, I was having this conversation with her talking about how, like, well, maybe... <laughs> You know, you're a tourist and you go visit a dungeon in a castle and you can't see the other side of the dungeon because it's poorly lit and your mind just goes like, oh, it probably goes on forever and there are orcs. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I my immediate thought whenever anything is dark. Right. (laughs) Um, Oh, there are orcs because you just read Tolkien. And that was my other theory that like Tolkien probably called them dungeons. It turns out no. Uh, No, there's like a barrow. I think that's about it, though. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, is the and, barrow and described as like the labyrinth? I, I was like, isn't Moria? A yeah, Moria is no, full on. A, Moria's dungeon as fuck. But but it's called a mine, right? Yeah. I I mean, to be fair, I think that a mine in Dungeons and Dragons would be called a mine, right? I which also sort of more implies but, jewels, think, if anything. Yeah, but I feel like a of mine the way we dungeons- use the word dungeon. Because of the way we use the word dungeon, like, it's a mine, well, but it's so also a dungeon. Is the argument yeah, that everything exactly. in Dungeons & Dragons is one or the other? Yeah, and <laughs> anything you explore Because it's not a dragon, dragons, it's a dungeon. It's a forest or a, or a dungeon or a subset of one of well, I was listening. I was listening to an uh, interview with Raphael Colantonio about Prey a few weeks ago, and he referred to it at one point as a space dungeon. Well, yeah. So, sure. like, I... This word now means to <clears throat> nerds something much more specific than just, like, Here's where you throw the people you don't like in your castle. Um, it's monsters and treasure, basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, and another Maybe friend of mine. Maybe some traps. And probably traps. Torches, yeah. perhaps. You wouldn't put traps in a normal dungeon. No. No, that'd well, be bad for the, the guards. Could be, could be considered a trap. It's like, go in your jail cell, but don't walk over there. Right. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just it's <laughs> half as big as it looks. Uh, <laughs> Although it's sort of like the, the sky dungeons in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, hey, going in jail, and hey, like cling to the side of it or you die I, I, I haven't seen Game of Thrones sure you haven't how does a sky dungeon work uh, it's basically like you, you go on the other side of a jail door and then there's like two feet of you know of walkway and then it just drops off into it's like on the exterior of a building basically I wow. see not yeah. cool that yeah. sucks that's yeah. like a the kind of thing I used to sit and think about when I was trying to go to sleep as a kid like what if I was uh, on a grid of like razor blade sharp <laughs> wires Jesus. like and how would i why you never got to sleep yeah as a yeah, child yeah. oh yeah 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 the, like what the... if i was like what if i just had to constantly exert effort in order to not die yeah right? yeah in There's the also, book yeah, it's, it's described as the floor is being like very slightly at an incline so you can't even you oh, can't yeah, trust true. going to sleep because you might just roll off <laughs> 
Hmm. Yeah, it sort of just makes you crazy the whole time. That yeah. whole setting is actually one of the cooler ones, especially in the book, is that it's like this just crazy high up uh, castle that they have to like venture up to. And it's got this moon door in the floor that they like throw people out of. It's just a nice thing. It's like, oh, if someone's angry at you, chucked out the moon door. And it's like you just fall like miles. Huh. Very, very good. Is it? On, how do you get there? Is it on the edge of a cliff? Uh, it's like a, it's not like a, I forget if it's entirely a windy road um, or if they have to like, you have to lift you up for part of it. I'm, I'm forgetting. Like it's a like a pretty lift. treacherous journey. And it's like, Im, it's sort of impossible to like fight your way up there as an invading army. That's part of the built-in protection. Yeah, ski lift. It's like, yeah. <laughs> but it's also it's impossible to like provision or like hang out without. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it's probably like North Korea where like, oh, they make all their clothing out of coal. <laughs> and bats um, it's, it's just incredible <laughs> and clouds <laughs> they, they, it's it's got to be just incredibly self-sufficient is what i'm yeah i mean at. are there wizards that could conjure like pumpkins right yeah not, not like really there's not a lot of magic in what, yeah, what do you think yeah what do you think game of thrones is wait I, this is a good exercise what tell us everything you know about this game of thrones. Uh, this is a good okay game. so it's like half Incest, half <laughs> murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Don't forget the dwarf. feasting. Okay, there's occasional feasting, but then half of it is poison. I think so that's murder. Good dwarf and the and other a half. bad dwarf. I think there's like a dwarf everybody likes and one everybody hates. Okay, is there what? What are their names? Uh, um, Tyrion Lannister. Okay, I was going to say Tyrone. Uh, Tyrion and Tyrone. Those are the two Daenerys Targaryen. Okay. <laughs> isn't isn't uh, that the like dragon <laughs> queen lady or whatever? Yeah, that's the dragon. That's the dragon lady with the extremely expressive eyebrows. Okay. Uh, and like they're strippers whenever somebody's monologuing. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm surprised how few of you are familiar with Game of Thrones. Every by the way. every episode starts with somebody dying, right? Mm-hmm. Um. And let's see, what other HBO shows do I know about <laughs> that have <laughs> tropes? Um, oh, was that a Six uh, Feet Clancy Under reference? Brown plays the de- yes, Clancy okay. Brown plays the devil. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> sort of, maybe he's not. You never know. Uh, yeah, no. It, like, Game of Thrones is one of those things that so many people tell me that I would like that I now just refuse... Like my my ex girlfriend was like this about uh, Breaking Bad. She was like, I got so tired of people. Oh my god, you haven't seen Breaking Bad? That she was like, fuck, fuck everyone. I'm never gonna watch Breaking Bad. And I like I used to think, yeah, that's kind of lame. But then now I get it because like Game of Thrones, man. It just seems like even getting into the TV show would be such a f- commitment. It is of time, and, the, and I don't think the show is great. I'm just surprised you didn't get into it earlier as like a, a good nerd thing, which it was for a long like time the before books. it was a huge. Yeah, but there, I, so I think that I because I got into the Dark Tower series way before it was finished, mm-hmm. I kind of mm-hmm. got put off of the idea of starting series mm. that were in progress because especially ones where each book is a thousand pages long, and it's like, well, if I'm going to forget all this stuff before, yeah. Because I can't do it like Harry Potter, where like every time one comes out, I just read all of them I, I, up to that point. Because it's not like breezy children's books. I, I guess assume. the difference to me, because I've read read Dark Tower, although by the time I read it, it was I think it was all out. Um, 
But with Dark Tower, like clearly you, you they have a goal from the beginning. They're like trying to get to the Dark Tower. So I can see why that's frustrating dragging out. Whereas Game of Thrones is not really like an ultimate goal. It's just like... The, Isn't it to win the things. Game of Thrones or well, die? Well, sure. But it like keeps, you know, who's in power keeps changing. And so is the Game of Thrones like Quidditch? Is there like... <laughs> That's why that's why each team it's, has a I mean it's like musical dwarf. chairs basically <laughs> but with toilets. Yeah. Wait, musical chairs. Wait. <laughs> musical chairs has a definitive end state. I what what? What's going on? Oh god, mu- musical toilets. <laughs> oh, that's mean, my favorite. All toilets joke. are pretty musical. <laughs> every round is like that's a, a good point, right? every round is like a day. <laughs> um, it's, it's just this Every is, day is, ends with someone shitting on the floor. This is what they do like after a, yeah, like a, hot, yeah. like a hot dog eating competition. Every, every kiss begins with K, and every day ends with someone shitting on the floor. That's Those are the two things my mother taught me. <laughs> uh, all right. Are you guys okay if I turn on this light? Yeah. All right. I'm doing it. It's going to be blinding. I don't, don't love like straining oh, no. your eyes. To... Okay. All right. I'm good. Ah. Wow. So bright that Riff could see it all the way in Portland. Ah. It's because we're using fiber optic phone lines. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, should we talk about video games so well, that Nick can talk about video games before Nick has I didn't, to leave? I didn't get to the punchline. Oh, yeah. Of the, so another friend of mine came into this thread about dungeons, and he uh, was hypothesizing that the term originated as, uh, with um, a board game prototype called The Dungeons of Pashakata, which is a game that apparently Gary Gygax played in 1972 before making Dungeons & Dragons. And the, the, that, the prototype turned into the board game Dungeon, which was published in 1975. But in Dungeons of Pashakata, apparently the setting was an actual, like, literal dungeon dungeon, but also had a bunch of traps and treasure rooms and monsters. Mm. And, like, either the players of this game or just Gary, like, interpreted that as, like, oh, that must be what a dungeon is. Do did the dungeon board game is that the one that was published by TSR eventually? Yeah, I so yeah. Okay, I had that. I had that when I was a kid. I remember it being mm-hmm. sort of Dungeons and Dragons, but not really. Like, yeah, it, it seemed was... like it was almost licensed, but uh, yeah, yeah. It seems like there. I think there was some inspiration going both ways. It definitely had some like pretty sophisticated concepts in it, as far as like a dungeon crawler, mm-hmm. right? Like. Here's a deck of monsters that you'll encounter based on levels and, you know, uh, treasures. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with all these things that make a dungeon a dungeon, but I don't I don't actually get excited about anything being in a dungeon anymore. Like, it's it, it just sounds boring to me now. Like what about a, a dungeon. space dungeon? Sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Well, I'm all, all in for a but, space but dungeon. But, like, what, what about like talking an, about a traditional dungeon? What about, like, an ice dungeon? What about maybe? Okay, what about like a like a like a dungeon I, like in Fallout? Like this is an office building and like you know, that's what I'm saying. Like that's the, I'm I'm down with that. I'm you're down. down yeah, so you're down too. with like an office building where every desk might have a pack of cigarettes in it. Yes, but you're not down with like like cave, a, cave dark cave walls and torches and skeletons. You're D to D. Really? You're I mean, I'm down with down skeletons in an office building. Yeah, down the dungeon. Huh. Even though the skeletons, the rooms with the skeletons in them might have like glowy magic crystals and like a ornate yeah. key or like an amulet that yeah. lets you into even more skeleton dungeons. It would have dungeons. to be pretty, I don't know, presented in a pretty interesting way. Too. So a pack of cigarettes is more exciting to you than a <laughs> mystic amulet with a glowing magical crystal? That well, cigarettes are expensive, man. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, I guess you're, that's you true. You're not going to get shit. anything. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're not going to get any that amulet's not worth shit in the big house. <laughs> you're not going to you're not going to be able to you're well, not going to be able to trade that glowing magic crystal for protection in the clink. As we established, dungeons are prisons. So that's true. My uh my dad told me this story once about uh talking to he was a probation officer and he was t- this is not actually funny. I mean, it's funny, but it's also depressing. Uh, right, he was right, <laughs> he was talking to the the uh, mother of one of his uh, one of the kids on his probation caseload, and she asked where her son was, and he had to look up how to say jail in his portable Spanish to English dictionary that he uh, was carrying, and he said what he said was calaboso, and she freaked out. And he was telling this story to my friend Roy, who spoke Spanish later. And he was like, yeah, that means like dungeon, <laughs> not, not j- jail. He's like, there's definitely a better, like, I believe you that that's what was in the dictionary. But like, that is not the word that you would use if you were talking about jail. So oh, I wonder what sense. she was picturing. Yeah. It's... She was like, oh, no, the skeletons. The skeletons right. Oh, God, he's chained up in a mine. <laughs> he's, he's, in an office, he's in an office building. Like. <laughs> Ooh, that's bad. Yeah, he's, he's on the space station from Prey, 2016. <laughs> this probably the story probably took place in like 1996. So right, um, I doubt if it was that. So it might have been the space station from. So that was like a physical uh, dictionary too. Aliens. Yeah, I mean that's even what, better. Well, I mean he would have had to have been carrying a Packard Bell <laughs> desktop. <laughs> That would take like 20 minutes. Yeah. No, dude. Hey, do you have somewhere that I can plug in this monitor? <laughs> also, the keyboard had to be plugged in. Oh, God. What if... Okay. What if technology had been such that in the early days of personal computers, the keyboards had to have like a giant flywheel that was spinning all the time to like provide downward force to press the keys? Ooh. How sick would that be? Yeah, you have to like you like Wait, wind it you up push before you tighten your and then... fingers. Yeah, but they're so hard to push that they need to fly. They're like oh, it's like, like it's like power steering. Like power steering. You yeah. could type, but it was like you have, have to, to basically like, like hit each key with a you have hammer. To be a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah. But just a finger bodybuilder, right? Just a finger builder. Right. I assume each key is just the size of a room, like old timey computers. All right. Well, each so one is a, each one is a prison cell, and like only <laughs> to, if you step on this half of the floor, it will type an R. Yeah. So what if, only what do if, that when we tell you or. What if just the entire computer was just clockwork, and so you had to you had to spin up this giant flywheel just to make the whole thing work? Mm. Just See, a huge a pendulums in the back could get me interested in a in a classic medieval mm-hmm. dungeon. That'd be pretty cool. There'd be, probably be like a big, like a big glass lens in front of it, like in a Terry Gilliam movie. Oh yeah, mm, yeah. Is that is that what the deal like? Did he just have like a Fresnel lens in front of every CRT? Yeah, basically. As far is that as how I to remember, get the, is yeah. that how to get the Terry Gilliam aesthetic? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds right. Um, well, let's talk about video games. Very well. Hey okay. Nick, have you been so playing any Terry video Gilliam's games? Like Poison now. Um, video games. Yeah, we've been playing a lot of Splunky. Actually, yeah. today was not a. It was not a great. <laughs> today day was not Splunky. our day. Yeah. No. Uh, I forget how you got killed, but I got killed just fucking around in like I think, one. I think three. I also got killed by you fucking around. Yeah, that's probably true. I did. I did a cool trick where I <laughs> threw a rock and uh, missed the spider that I was trying to hit, but hit hit my old buddy Nick mm-hmm. uh, right in the head. And then I think you also got hit by the spider. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it, Spelunky is hard. If you did you know that, Jim? It's uh, uh, yeah, I did. If you That's both die on a level, you just end the game. But if only one of you dies, does the other player come back? Yeah, if, if one of you dies, then the other is a ghost that can float around and be like a little bit helpful. And then you find them in a coffin in the next level, and you gotta like free them. Yeah, there's always a coffin in the next level, except right? maybe not the black market. We didn't find that out. Uh huh. Yeah. And you can you can oh, free maybe them in the black like market. Shotgun, you have to buy is... them. You have to buy your friend's corpse. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. I, uh, I've also been playing a little bit of it, uh, not the daily and not our co-op daily to unlock the other characters on my work computer because you don't like, uh, you don't like any of the default unlocked characters. Uh, how does that unlock work? Like, what do you do? Uh, they, NPCs will spawn in coffins in oh, right. certain levels and like, under, under certain circumstances. Play, you would just never open it, those coffins because no, they, no, they, they don't, don't show up in the daily. Yeah. The the daily no, doesn't happen well, with them, and and they don't show up once you've gotten them. Right. Yeah. yeah. So my work computer is fairly new, and so I have yeah. only ever played the daily on it. So it just doesn't. Also, like, so it doesn't sync your progress online. It does not. There are no cloud saves, and there's no Mac version. So weird. That, that's actually one night. I mean, I play on on PS4 and and Vita a bit at at work, and uh, it's nice because the the syncing is like like Blit who ported a bunch of games to to Vita and PS4. Um, they got the syncing stuff really great. So it's like mm-hmm. it instantly syncs everything, including you know whether you've played the daily and all your unlocked stuff and all the journal, and it just just knows. So uh, I haven't actually looked into this, but my understanding is that Steam now has a feature where it will. Uh, automatically emulate Windows to run Windows games on Linux. Really? Seem, seems so, like they could do that on Mac. Yeah, and maybe they're working on it. And they have they made Linux the priority because Mac games tend to have more ports already. Well, they're going to reach hundreds of additional players. That's right. Yeah. Well, SteamOS is Linux, right? So they're still, they're like adding more support for their own. Right. That's, that's another reason to, to do it. Yeah. But like it was getting to the point where like I had heard that people were asking developers to remove Linux support from their game because the 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 automatic uh, emulation was better. Oh, that'd be nice. <laughs> hmm. Have you played anything besides Spelunky, Nick? Uh, Sp- a bunch of Spider-Man. I know you guys have already talked about it. I you got some feelings about it, though? Episode. You post a lot of screenshots. I do. That's really fun. Uh, if you haven't seen my screenshots, they're, um, I don't know. They're pretty they're- hilarious. They're they're, they're 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 glitchy. Yeah, they're like trying to find the weird glitchiness in the game, which there is, you know, for something of that scale, there sort of inevitably is a lot of it, but they sure. they're pretty buttoned up in some ways. So it's about like funny camera positioning, but that like is a totally different way to play the games. I've been playing it properly, and I actually really really like it, and I'm like seventy five percent through it. Um, but uh, you never really like just walking around casually on ground level. And A, when you do that, like a lot of cool stuff happens that you don't really see otherwise. But also there's just lots of fun little unique parts of the city and interactions you, you can have with people. And you can like mess with things. And even just like picking up a trash can and like hurling it into a crowd and then stop going into photo mode and trying to like get that from a funny angle is great. But it, it gets a lot weirder, as you saw in some of my screenshots. Like like when Spider-Man takes a selfie with someone, I think it makes their character model uh, like more solid for that time. So you can go into photo mode and zoom inside their head and see like their tongue in their teeth. And the Whoa. backs of their eyeballs. Oh my God. Uh, wow. One shot was like the inside of the uh, woman's ponytail, like looking at the back of her head. So it gets pretty surreal. Uh, and also, I didn't post this because it was sort of like too easy, but I highly recommend anyone who's playing it go look at the people in the boats 
<laughs> because they're like way out in the water. And I guess Insomniac was like, eh, no one will ever go out there, even though it's quite easy. Because they're, I don't, I mean, I don't entirely want to spoil it, but there's like these horrifically simple, un- incomplete character models, and they're really funny to look at up close. Huh. <laughs> but that was almost like too easy posting those pictures. So I needed to like subvert the normal stuff and not just find the weird broken stuff. So uh, that was fun. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the real game is, it's, I don't know, I don't, I don't know all your, your, I heard briefly you guys talk about it last week, but, um, I like the story a lot. I think it's like the best st- story adaptation of a superhero thing in a long time in movies or games. I mean, definitely in games and and probably in movies too. Um, cool. Do you think if they had forced their employees to work hundred plus hour weeks, they could have not had shitty? They could have had Spider Man's testicles shrink based in on the, the, on the weather. We don't know that they didn't. That's true. In fact, they almost certainly did. In the fact, level of they fidelity almost didn't because Insomniac, I think, is literally like the top-ranked company of a country to work for. Oh, <laughs> so but probably they, not. But their wow, name okay. is about not sleeping. That's true. Maybe well, they, they just, only they, hire, they maybe they only they hire people the who don't sleep. They're all maybe va- all vampires. Maybe they they spike the drinking fountains with modafinil, and their staff wow. never sleeps. That's, that's what I would. I'm going to start doing that. That's smart. <laughs> You think they would notice? There's a subplot or a side quest in Prey where you find somebody was somebody was while the, the station was actually running like as a normal company wanted to spike the water supply with like with uh, um, whatever it is that you inject into your body to give you more psi power, right? Mm. Um, Tungsten and do it right <laughs> and. Doing this means that you can just drink from any water fountain in the game and refill your psi meter, which is fantastic. But it's for like one point at a time, right? No, like no. The, the, well, it gives you one point of health, but it actually refills your psi yeah. meter entirely. I forgot how angry I was about the fucking water fountains giving you <laughs> one point of health in Prey. Uh, I think we talked about we talked about this, and we talked about how like in Deus Ex, the way they handled it was that the water fountain would run out of water after you refilled her thirty points. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, it. It's dumb. There's I mean, a- I like I like the like, hey, do this, you know, like latish game quest, and then you just don't have to worry about this resource anymore. But like, yeah, yeah, the one health thing. Anyway, like the but the context for that quest, what the story context was that somebody was actually going to do this to like a working population. Modafinil seems like a much more like I, I think people would be much more productive as a result of that than like whatever. They're filled with the brain juice that lets them shoot fireballs. Do you think you'd still have to, like, I'm I'm assuming there are reasonable labor laws in the future, this dystopian future. So they'd have to work an eight-hour shift. But what does that mean if you never sleep? Is it like eight on, eight off, eight on, eight off, eight on, eight off? And it, like, takes, like, three shifts to go two days? Yeah, I don't know. Because that seems like it would suck. You'd never be working the same time. Like, I mean, I guess it's space, so all time is the same. There's, there's no time in space. Well, I mean, it's not like the sun goes up and comes down, right? When you the uh, the space station rotates. Yeah, but so, it could rotate at whatever speed. Right, you wanted, right. So you right? could rotate it. At, you could rotate it at a, a slower speed during the workday and faster at night. So what if you? Oh man, what if you gave people modafinil and then it's just extended the day cycle as you did it, so that like eventually they were working like a forty-eight hour shift, and then you took them off the modafinil for like six hours, and then you sped the station up while everyone was sleeping. I so you're asking this. Uh, 
in the form of a what what if question. I think you just need to do it and find out. Okay. I think there's only one way to answer right. this question. Uh, next uh, Patreon goal, we buy a space station and a life supply of modafinil for thousands of uh, enslaved employees. I'm I'm not gonna lie, like it won't make a triple playing... A. We'll make a fucking immersive sim. Yeah, Jim, let's make an immersive sim. If we get that money from Patreon, let's buy a space station, uh-huh. hire a team of hundreds of developers, make a fucking triple A game. Like show show those rock star clowns what real crunch is. By putting a by putting a development team in space, yeah. <laughs> by putting them in space, so crunch, that we can have you so that space. we can extend we can extend their workday to forty eight hours within six hours of sleep, zero hours of like I don't know, like going to the disco. You also you also like, have to put a disco on the space station. You also like live longer in space, right? So you can crunch for longer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> can I just make a immersive sim by myself instead? That sounds way safer. Just by staying up, like just you. So then you only need enough modafinil for one person. Right, way your, cheaper. Your space station could just be like a house. Like you could build a shed and just paint the windows black, except in a few little dots that are shaped like little pluses. And then you could pretend you were in space. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm doing it already in my head. I'm just... That's the porthole. Another way to pretend you're in space is by always sleeping during the day. That's also what I do. Yeah. No, I know. Right. So basically, you are living in a tiny space station. Right. With my son. Yeah. That He's the comptroller. Okay. The <laughs> what, what, what's the what's somebody that would be on a... Yeah, the bosun. <laughs> oh, the bosun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Too bad you didn't have a bow, bow daughter, because that's not a... Hmm. <laughs> Man, I got I got other games if you want them. Yes, not do a lot, it. Though. Yeah. Uh, I realize I've been playing this. some of that Elo game. Yeah, E-L-O-H. yeah. I've also that's also on my I've, list of games. I've also it's been playing. Pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, so Broken Rules, who made Old Man's Journey and Reticon and some other games, um, and yet it moves years ago. Oh wow! I believe. Um, they, I don't think they, I think this was primarily an, an external designer, but like worked with them to make this and publish it. Uh, and uh, Scientific did the music. And it's just sort of a, you know, it's a very sort of mobile puzzle game, I would say, of like rearranging objects on a screen to reroute these beams of rhythm. Like, yeah, little bouncing say. balls that Re- make a that make a steel drum noise yeah, when we reroute the thing. jams. Um, but, it you know, it's nice art direction. It sounds great. Uh, it's pretty satisfying to like get the right thing and then like hear it out for a few seconds. I think a nice little touch is the there's like a little meter that sort of has to click into place to measure your success, and you have to get like several subsequent correct hits to do it, and it just like creeps out the bottom of the screen, uh, and it's like a very satisfying animation of the puzzle. Yeah, like you can tell when you've gotten it right, but it's still in the design. It forces you to listen to a few measures of the like yeah. rhythm that you've created. Uh, yeah, I'm digging it so far. Pretty good. Yeah. Did uh, you want to talk any more about bacon? Sure. Yeah, let's talk about bacon. I know we got a, a, got an update push, so there's more than 100 levels now. One of the things that you can flip bacon onto now is a live feed of the Twitter replies to is it really? Yeah, to Cami boxes. Wow, that's a that's a that's a, that's a big good. spoiler, but I'll, I'll take it. So the one I'm on right now is flipping bacon onto the flag, which is also made of bacon. Okay, yeah, which is tough. Yep, it's very tall. Uh, it's very tall. Um, but yeah, I mean, Philip Stolenmeyer is a master. I think he's like my favorite iOS dev. Uh, and I'm excited for Seesaw, his like puzzle platformer ish looking thing coming out soon. I mean, I'll be excited for anything he does. We never talked about ZipZap. Yeah. I mean, ZipZap is the ZipZap is the one that I played the least of, really? I think. Yeah. I think it's I so finished funny. that one. It's like, really good. like, 
yeah, like comedy through level design uh, in that game. I just like there's there's like so many like laugh out loud moments I had of just how impossible something felt, and then the actual method through which I had to solve it. Uh, and super type you play. Mm -hmm. Okay, good. Yeah, uh, I have not made very much progress in the like hard levels that came out recently. Mm -hmm. It's oh, so the possibility space is so large, and like trying something to like. It was, it's such a good idea and I really like it, but I don't know that I, I don't know that I'm actually like, I, mean, I don't know that it worked, right? Like it was an exciting idea and I think like, oh, okay, this was a good, you know, this was a fun mobile game experience, but I think like it's not, it's not as rich a vein as even like pancake where it's like infinitely doable right like there's these constructed puzzles but the thing about them is and this is the this is the game where you type letters and then the letters become physics objects and you're trying to get them to fall in specific places yeah i mean you and, have to solve a problem with the shape and but that's the, that's the thing about until it gets super hard is you do know the possibility space because you know all the shapes of all the letters yeah but no, i mean and you have to start combining them in interesting ways yeah and it does get a little getting th there's no way to get closer to a solution like right like trying a solution that's close doesn't necessarily mean that that solution is close to the actual solution that's true yeah. right and that's that's the thing that i think is a little bit frustrating oh. about it is that it's it's kind of especially in the harder levels you can't really learn anything by experimenting with it. Well, because you just also, have to... the, also the hardest levels, I think, are probably totally linear and only have one solution, whereas right. I'm sure a lot of the earlier ones have multiple that's solutions. True. Yeah, that's really true. Are, they, uh, are the anyway, solutions, like, words? Or do they sometimes no, nonsense, you type in like of letters? You, Moom. You, you, you type in, like, eight <laughs> letters or so, and they all just drop into the playing field from where they are. Mm -hmm. So you could make a word, but it has nothing to do with making words. It's just about the shape of the letters. So, like... If you drop a bunch of L's, uh, or actually that's a bad example. If you drop a bunch of J's uh, onto like a flat surface, they'll immediately, you know, one will fall over and knock all the other ones over. Or I guess they'll all fall over. But um, so you could be doing combine things in interesting ways. Or like one J and a bunch of L's to like sort of domino effect. So, um, yeah. So last time we talked about bacon, it wasn't on Android, but now it is. And I just played it for 30 seconds. Did you have good. fun? Yeah. The... Yeah, they do some pretty interesting stuff, actually, when it gets very skillful of, like, when when do you flip the bacon exactly, mm. uh, and some stuff you wouldn't expect. And and the, the bacon pro tip, in terms of, well, it might work differently on Android, but I told, I texted Zach, was, like, if you own SuperType, this is a really weird roundabout way of, like, making a game ad-free, but, so bacon has ads, that's the only way to play it, it's free with ads, but if you own SuperType, you can go in the credits of SuperType, and there's a code that you can, like, then, I, and I don't know if it's, unique I, I don't even know if that would work but then you take that and you put that in you punch that into a box in bacon and it removes the ads yeah wow thank you for telling me that that's, yeah yeah that's really huh. weird it is weird <laughs> that's a cool that's a cool uh, sort, sort of like, like developer like loyalty bonus thing uh, yeah but i mean it's like a good workaround for a problem that shouldn't need a workaround like it's weird that you as a developer can't tell if another game by you the developer exists is that not are there no entitlements on ios i don't know That's i think they are i, I think they are very i don't even know what the word entitlement means uh, but i like, think you owe me an explanation of it <laughs> i just know it from working at playstation like if you have a ps4 entitlement for cross-buy stuff and you own it on vita and ps3 as well uh, speaking of which, that's a small bit of sad gaming news was that I think last night or the night before they turned off the sound shape servers. Uh, and that's a really cool game that had like thousands of awesome levels. Uh, and it's weird seeing a game 
die so like thoroughly with that where it's, it's again it was all about the user generated stuff um and sometimes they like turn off the servers in a multiplayer game and that kills it too obviously in a different way but it's sad seeing all this like player art and interesting design just like disappeared the internet was a huge mistake yeah you guys remember when there was a game what was it it was a choo-choo rocket for the dreamcast had a user level editor where you can upload levels to the to the Sega servers, and then somehow they, like, I, I maybe you click through a license agreement to do that or something, because they ended up putting something like five or 10,000 of those levels on the Game Boy Advance version of Choo Choo Rocket. And so yeah, that... thanks for designing our game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what kind of game is Choo Choo Rocket? All I can think of is Clue Clue Land, which was just an awful... <laughs> First-party Nintendo game? <laughs> uh, so it's two different games. Um, one of them is... The one I'm talking about is a puzzle game where you place arrow tiles on the floor and um, mice and and cats are emitted onto the playfield and they turn when they hit a wall or they turn when they hit the arrow and a certain number of mice have to reach a rocket before... A, the cats eat a certain number of mice, and that's the puzzle. Oh, okay. Um, Have you played a Robo Rally? No. Oh, okay. It's a bit like Robo Rally, which <laughs> is a board game. Uh, well, it's, I know it's designed by Richard Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> it's. I think Robo Rally is more like the multiplayer version of Choo Choo Rocket, which is uh, a real-time thing where cats and mice are being constantly emitted onto the playfield, and multiple players are each putting arrows down on the ground in real time to direct the mice to their rockets. Do the mice come out of a tiny, like, uh, semicircular door in the floorboard? No, it's a, I think it's it's the sort of thing that they come out of in Japan, which is maybe like a drain. <laughs> I'm not sure. What do, what do cats come out of in Japan? I, 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 I don't Bigger I drain. Look, I have to look at some screenshots. A cat cafe. Just a larger drain. Yeah. <laughs> Your ceiling drain is where the cats come from. <laughs> That's for, you know, helium to drain out of your cats. I think the cats are on the play field to begin with, is what happens. Oh. And maybe the mice are, too. I don't know. Yeah, I like that. I just was thinking about, like, like launch puzzle games and how that can be pretty important to a platform. Like, I think Geometry Wars is what sold, like, all of us probably on Xbox 360s or anyone who got one. It was, like, it was, it was very formative for my... I didn't yeah. get a 360 for a long time, but for my perspective of the system. Dead Rising which... was why I bought a 360. Yep, that one too. I see. So you're just correcting me, basically. Spider-Man. Well, I was just trying to think, like, what is it that made me buy yeah. systems? Oh, wait, real quick, though. Weird. This is weird that it came up today, but uh, just this morning on the way to work, uh, I ran into my friend Ryan O'Donnell, who lives here, who uh, is a video guy I used to work with at 1UP back in the day and runs Area 5. Anyways... He was like, hey, I just got the new iPhone, and I've been playing a bunch of iPhone games. Check out how good Geometry Wars 3 is on iPhone. And he was showing me, and it looked like it like looked and actually played really well. It has all the modes from Geometry Wars 2. It looks like it plays well on phone. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I might check that out. So I got to the office, went to look at the App Store, and could not find it. And I was like, hey, I can't find it. That's weird. And then he sent me a little video recording of him trying to like because sh- you can like share an app from the home screen hmm. and it said sorry you can't share this content and it turns out it's been delisted and is like un you know ungettable and unshareable which is a bummer wow I wow that shit. Huh. yeah um i blame activision for a lot of things but also that 
Time to root your phone. Yeah. I do have, as Zach saw, I have my, my, my cat has an iPhone 5, um, which also has uh, an old enough operating system that I can play older games. Not quite the same problem, but. Do you, does the cat do anything with the phone? He sleeps on the phone. He likes okay. the phone. Yeah. He likes the That's like cool, cool, smooth surfaces. Okay. Yeah. And then, like, they like them real small. They like a cool, smooth surface that's like they, they do because a he, tenth the size of their body. Because he's like either they like cool and smooth, or they like like soft and warm. So he that's like on his mat where he sleeps, but he gets like a little taste of the cool and smooth. Where do you suppose a cat goes in the real world to find a cool, smooth surface? A rock in the real world, like a lake. Also, there are no cats yeah. in the real world. They're only they're only rock lake. Hmm. They come out of that drain. Well, yeah, a rock. <laughs> where does a cat go in the real world to find a warm, soft surface? I guess their mom. Well, yeah, and their cat. Their mom. Yeah. Or like some grass that's been like sitting in the sun all day. Hmm. Yeah. Are you going to get a cat sack? I don't know. A rock that's sitting in the sun? Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not cool. That's a hot, smooth surface. It's cool at night. A cold, what's a cold, soft, a Christmas tree is a cold, soft <laughs> surface. <laughs> A bathtub is a good one. A bat? Bathtub. Oh. Yeah. That's a not soft. No, also cool, not in nature. Well, <laughs> I mean, you could put one there. Bird bath. Uh, were you in the city when someone like stuck a piano on top of Burnell Hill? No. Because that, that was pretty cool for a bit. But I think it was only there for like 72 hours and then it was gone. Hmm. Yeah. I would have gone up and played it. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at screenshots of Choo Choo Rocket now. And I think when I said drain, I was thinking of the thing that's supposed to be like a a fully top down rocket, and the little the little uh, lines that would be like the holes in the drain are supposed to be the fins. I see. And I think like when I was sixteen or whatever, I interpreted that as a as a just drain. a mouse drain that they were falling Hot through. Well, they were trying to get to the rocket, so they're going trying to go into the drain. Yeah. And then the rocket takes off out of the drain or something. I don't what know. It, okay. How is Choo Choo Rocket not on phones, by the way? I think I, I think it like might be. That seems like a huge be. miss. I'm How looking up now. Land I put in Choo Choo, and one of the results is Ah-choo-c-h-u-ch-choo-c-h-o-o-b-bock-bock. Ah-choo-b-bock-bock. I'm going to find out what that is. It's a board game with a penguin. Yeah. That's like the animal game you were talking about last week. You're unlocking animals. Yeah, that's not what we want at all. One of the screenshots is of the menu. With all the normal phone icons. <laughs> God damn it. What? Uh, classic Achoo Chew Bok This is a very simple game, but very think. This is not game about water bubble. This is push bubble wrap. Man, I searched for Choo Choo Rocket on the Play Store, assuming that there would be at least some clones with the Choo Choo Rocket and the keywords. And it's all train stuff. I, I thought it was C-H-U-C-H-U. Yeah, it is. No. Oh, I see. There's train stuff that's spelled like that? Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, it's called Rail Maze 2 Train Puzzler. Or how is there not like a Choo Choo Rocket inspired game called Choo Choo Something Else? Come on, indie it's doves, really, all of you. Yeah, and me. Get, like, get on that ball. shit. Yeah. Choo Choo TV. Well, I don't like I don't like uh, Choo Choo Rocket because I don't know anything about it, so my studio's not gonna make one. Mm. Jim? You could, you could do it in like a day. I what I you you could do it I, in PHP. You have a lot more faith in my programming ability than I could maybe do it in QBasic. Oh yeah, the, there you go. 
I had to leave in nine minutes. Okay. Way. I'm oh, sorry no. to your listeners. Talk about some more video games. I'm sure they're just loving this this, this mouse talk. but And re- <laughs> just reading uh, the, the yeah. descriptions of bad uh, game clones. on. Uh, I played some Unravel 2, which came out during E3, so it's not super timely. What's uh, Unraveled 1? You don't know Unra- Unravel? Uh, it came out at the same time as Firewatch. It's, it's that, like, yarn That's true. Creature. Yarny, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's got Yarny. Yeah, it's mm. uh, it's by the studio Coldwood, uh, and it's like a crazy, beautiful sides like puzzle platformer, um, where like very sort of photoreal, like real world environments. But you this little cute yarny dude, and you're like have to sort of platform and swing through them and just find your way through them. <clears throat> and the first one had like this nice story about you being in this abandoned house and sort of going through the memories of things that happened there. Uh, it's like a very chill, like quiet nice pretty game and i played through the first one by playing like one level before bed every night and it was like a really nice ritual and there wasn't much there's not really like enemies and stuff it's just sort of a platform it's like a few i guess like threats like animal like real birds that fly down and try to grab you um for the first one was great played through it loved it and then the second one came out during e3 and it was it's a co it's like built to be a co-op game um primarily so i was playing it uh with my girlfriend um and it's great, and it feels like it sort of always was built as a co-op series. And so you're like two little yarny people, and you're swinging each other around and having to figure out physics puzzles and stuff. Uh, and there are some enemies to deal with, so that's sort of annoying. But uh, it's a great game. Like just the vibe of the game is is pretty unique, I think, and it is like ridiculously gorgeous. Is it only on PlayStation? No, it's on Xbox and PC. I'm sure. Uh, I don't think it's on Switch. It's probably too too good looking. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for being on our podcast, Nick. Yeah. Let's let's me. have you on again when you can be there for the whole show. Uh, thank you. I would love to. I, I live very close to you. It's true. Yeah. And once we start recording at our office, you will work even closer to where we record. That's true. A st- you'll have to walk feet, past the podcast studio away. to piss. Although you and I have like we like apparently we like all the same games, so we need to start playing different games. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Splunky. If we both of us have played Splunky and Spider Man and Bacon, that's a pretty like <laughs> pretty weird overlap. I don't know. I, I like having two people talking about the same game on a podcast. Yes. It's, it's better I, I just, than... I just shouldn't do it a week later. <laughs> That's not oh, as fun. I see what you're saying, yeah. Uh, well, uh, get out of here so we can all talk okay, about okay. ELO. Get out of here. Oh, no, we'll talk about ELO. I got, <laughs> I, I got five minutes. I only had one thing to... I only had three games on my list, and one of them was ELO. Uh, but yeah, it seems... I kind of wish there was more going on, or yeah. like... Fewer levels before a new thing is introduced or whatever, because it's like it was, I, I like I feel like it's dragging a little. <clears throat> it was also billed as like a will be going on a r- rhythm game or something, and I was like, this is just a puzzle game that has like sort of a, a rhythm reward. So I think whoever yep. built it that way did not understand the game. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, genres fluid, like. A rhythm game could be a game that has rhythms in it. I mean, West of Loathing is a rhythm game because the soundtrack has rhythms. Hmm. Excellent point, Zach. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a puzzle game because it has puzzles in it. Sure. It's a platformer because it is. it has shipped on a variety <laughs> of Multiple platforms. Multiple platforms. <laughs> nice. Um, and it's a puzzle platformer. It's yeah. Got puzzles yeah, it's puzzle, and it's on yeah. multiple platforms. Yeah. Um, it's a surrealistic adventure that will become your world. It sounds. I want to play that game. That sounds great. So I also played. Uh, I played a little bit of the Light Keeps Us Safe, which is the new game from Big Robot 
is that uh, guy from Rock Paper Shotgun? What's the guy's name? Oh, no more robots. Yeah, micros. No. Oh, sorry, no, I always no. confuse them. Big robot. It was one of the one of the founders, Jim Rossignol. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. One of the Rock Paper Shotgun founders. So they made uh, Sir You're Being Hunted, and they made mm. the Signal from Tolva, which Sir You're Being Hunted I did not like at all. Signal from Tolva I liked quite a bit, but it felt. It felt like a David Pittman game in that it was like, okay, these systems are clever and well put together, and I wish that they had had the time or the budget to put some content in the game. And that also is kind of how The Light Keeps Us Safe feels. It's like, so there was a lot of talk when Chasm came out which was like that it was like a kickstarted uh, Metroidvania game that has proc gen, but only once it just generates a map. And then you play your entire game on that map. And there was a lot of like discussion about whether it needed to be proc gen or not, whether the proc gen added any value. Well, it's, and it's I, good for replayability, right? Like that's the idea. Yeah. But do like, it's also but like how many a people 20, finish? It's like a games. 20 hour Metroidvania, right? It's not like, sure. If, if if it took an hour and you were meant to play it ten times to like see all the stuff, then I can see that. But I mean, like you, you, your your point is taken. But the, this is also I don't know how long. I have no sense of how long a game of this is supposed to last, right? Like the signal from Tolva, it felt like you were like trying to take over the whole map, and I don't remember if there was really any proc gen stuff in it. But like, I don't, I don't. It's hard to see the size and shape of it from... It's in early access, and there's a bunch of things where it's just like this thing pops up that's like, yeah, there'll be a tutorial here or something for now. Just go get this thing. Your your means of interacting with the environment is like a flashlight, and the flashlight will... Like, the first enemy that you're introduced to is these just like sort of turrets that will shoot at you, and if you shine a light on them, they will sort of become harmless for 45 seconds or something. So you are kind of like sneaking around and like getting to the point where you can apparently like there's a a lot of to do about recharging the battery on your flashlight but like at no point did the charge go down low enough that it registered on the meter so i don't know if that's just not working or not plugged in or what it looks really nice it's really cool and atmospheric and it reminds me of the signal from tolva a lot in the sense of it just like there's just kind of menacing robots and like big scary alien spaces um and i'm excited to see what happens with it but again it i feel the same way about it i feel the same way about that studio that i do about minor key which is that like god i want them to keep making games so someday they'll make one that i really really like because they keep making things that are like oh this has some interesting ideas in it i wish they had had 10 times the budget or had just worked 10 times as many hours per day that's the that's the lesson, um, and I, I'm assuming that Riff has also played this, and we'll talk about it more. But I played I don't know like 15 minutes of Swery's new game. Oh, I actually uh, have not missing, started the missing JJ. Mm-hmm. It's not JJ Macklin. It's not JJ Abrams. Abrams and um, the and the JJ Island of Lost. J.J. McIntosh and the Island of Forgotten Dreams, the Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Uh, it's like a, it's kind of a limbo-esque puzzle platformer. There's glowing donuts uh, for you to collect, I guess. 
this probably means something eventually. There's, I, so they were just talking about this. I was listening to the giant, this week's giant bombcast earlier today, and they did not want to spoil this moment that happens in the first level, but I'm going to spoil it. Because no, I feel like don't it's, spoil it. I haven't played it it's yet. Gonna, it's just, it's not like a story. It's just a thing that you have to do. Are you leaving? I'm leaving for real now. You're leaving for yeah. real, so you don't get spoiled. Okay, fine. I won't spoil it. But See you it, later, Nick. Goodbye. There's a weird... Bye. I mean, that I have nothing... I have nothing to say about the game if I can't describe this thing that is the thing that made me, that made me kind of interested in it. But there's well, a weird thing. You don't really know what it means to die or respawn. Like... Mm-hmm. I don't really know what the mechanic of death in the game is because sometimes when you die, you can keep playing. And sometimes you can't. Sometimes you like respawn at the beginning of a puzzle, but sometimes you die and then that's part of the puzzle. Hmm. Um, well, we should, we should do that as the assignment, ne- not this time, but next time. And then we can discuss that in detail. Yeah. Then we can all play it and discuss it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like the one concern that I have about it. It's very like physics puzzly, right? It's about like pushing boxes around and jumping to platforms and stuff. But the controls feel just a little bit janky and floaty. There might be a better way to do this, but the there's a button to crouch. And what that button does is if you're standing, you crouch, and then if you're crouched, you go prone, and then if you're prone, you go back to a crouch, and if you press it again, you stand up again. So there's, as far as I know, no way to duck and then stand up again. You have to duck, crawl Mm -hmm. under the thing that you were crawling under, and then go prone, and then go back to a crouch, and then stand up. And it's like, that is lame and bad, and it makes me not trust that I'm going to know whether I'm actually supposed to be able to like make a jump or not later on. Um, seems like it might be kind of short, which I really hope it is like short in the sense of like a limbo or an inside. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very informed by inside. Like it's it, like, it looks a lot like that where it's got that same kind of like, you've got a big amount of distance of scenery in the back behind you. Such a good look. A lot, of, a lot of parallax. But like, the two and a half D, I mean, because I, but I think it's just like natural parallax from it actually being a camera oh, in a 3D space, which is, which is really nice. Hmm. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I played. What did you play, Kevin? Uh, so I also played that backwards hole game that we all talked about. I played, uh, oh, Elo. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I played, a, like, maybe 10 minutes of a game called uh, Where Shadows Slumber, uh, which is like a little puzzle game that I think came out today. Uh, and don't have a ton to say about it yet. Uh, it's got some interesting ideas. It's sort of a, you're traversing a sort of grid-like space with very constrained pathways. Uh, and there are sometimes tall objects that cast shadows. And then when those objects cast shadows, they change the game world. So your position in the level and the the sort of way you travel around tall objects will have a significant impact on how the the sort of 
layout of the level works, and then you can get to a point where you can sort of control the height of certain objects, so you can sometimes be casting shadows and sometimes not and stuff. And so you're trying to just make your way through the world using the shadows to to, to alter the game world in the in a in a way that is useful. Um, uh, so I don't have like a verdict whether I'm, I'm I like it or not. I'm going to give it some more time. Uh, but the puzzles seem to be like they could be shaping up to be cool. Um, and then I played a fair bit of Joggernauts on the Switch, uh, like the single player campaign, and it is very good and very hard. Uh, yeah, Jesus! I, I tried playing some of the single player stuff and like. The second level was too much for me. It's Isn't it's like hard. Smurf type thing. Say it's what? not. It's it's fixed levels. But yeah. you're the the deal is that that you're like you know four player where you're each a different color and you're sort of in a conga line and your action is either to jump or to s- become the front of the line. Yeah. Like okay. swap places with the front and there are obstacles in the world that only a the player of a given color can break and platforms that only players of a given color can set it is so fucking frantic and hard yep and it sounds like it's almost trying to be a rhythm game it's not yeah. exactly that but yeah like, it, like, like bit trip runner is is almost a it's very bit trip runner like yeah, it's, it's, it's that inspired. was their sort of their their model for yeah, yeah. um the single player game, you you control two of the the aliens in the conga line that is traversing the space, and so you have to be mindful of both the environment underneath your the feet of both of the characters that you're controlling. You control you can control the jump of each of them independently, and you have to be able to switch which one is in the lead uh, so that you can deal with the obstacle properly, uh, and then there are like advanced techniques where you can time your jumps right such that you, while you still have upward momentum on one of the characters, you switch and jump again to get a higher, like a higher jump. Uh, and you can sort of keep doing that quasi indefinitely and get really hot, hot, high in the level. And there is some, I think there's some next level <laughs> stuff where you have to do that to get some sweet, completion unlocks because i've seen a bunch of stuff up in the sky that i haven't ever gotten to that looks like it might be locked at first blush uh yeah this this sounds super intense it's good it is it's so like the levels are are unforgiving uh but fair uh it's just you just have to wrap your head around it that's that honestly is the hardest part is just like getting into this mental space of the game and be like keeping your awareness yeah, uh, I feel stuff. like this sort of like the way you guys are describing it, it sounds like they needed like five worlds worth of levels to lead up to level to world one. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, I mean, I have not gotten super far in it because I'm taking the time to try to like get uh, to star every level, which is you, you get both of the trophies in the level, which unlocks uh, like a little bonus stage at the end that you have to get perfect on the first try or you you don't get the star uh which i don't i don't actually think that's very fair or fun game design but uh i've been chatting with the designer on twitter about it and he's he said that was his like he wanted the game to be much harder because they spent years developing this and got very good at it and so they feel like the actual single player levels are pretty easy 
Uh, and so this is the like, the bonus stuff is the sort of hat tip to when it was a harder game, kind of. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, but so I'm trying to get all that stuff before I move on to each level. And it's making me much better at the game uh, because I'm having to like redo things over and over again. And, and I get much more comfortable with all the weird machinations. There's there's also some cool power-ups that you can get, like one that gives you a little jetpack backpack so you can sort of double jump each character individually. But if you hit anything, you lose your power-up. And so you have to be very <laughs> careful about all of it. Um, but you keep the power-ups from level to level, too. So if you're if you're doing well, you can, you can keep a power-up through multiple levels. Um, yeah, it's a it's a cool game. I'm I don't know if I'll be able to actually sort of hundred percent it or not. Uh, but I'm gonna try to stick with it. It's a great party game, but I have yet to convince any of my friends to hang out and play Switch party games. Uh, so we should we should try to do that at the co-working office space at some point because I think that would be a lot of fun. Sounds like a good time. What have you been playing, Riff? Um, I got back into Pokemon Go since the weather's nice again. Uh, I don't, I don't have it. By, by nice, not, you mean not, like rain, rainy and overcast? It, it actually hasn't been rainy, but that would still be nice. I just mean like not murderously hot, basically. Ah, okay. But, um. Yeah, they just added a bunch of new dudes. Yeah, they, yeah, like yesterday. Yeah. That was a, that was a surprise. I didn't intentionally time it that way. And uh, and they they added all the friends list stuff since I last played too, so that was interesting. Uh, yeah, I I've gotten to the point where I have leveled up a couple of friends to be best friends, and like unless you're like you have to be a very specific player to get anything out of that. Yeah. Like you get an XP bonus, actually a pretty good XP bonus, one time XP bonus for leveling up your friend, but at that point, like. There's no reason to maintain the friendship. Mm. Well, you get the it's, presents that you can send your friends have sometimes have eggs in them that I guess are the only source at the moment of like the various Alo- Alolan form Pokemon. Uh-huh. So there's so there's yeah, that. And at least. Do you know if those get better or rarer as your friendship increases? I don't like know. Your quality of friendship? Yeah. What does know. the word Alolan mean? The, uh, it's a place in Al- like, Alola the is the Pokemon the Pokemon game, version of Hawaii, basically. Okay, so do you get like a you? Is there a Pokemon that's like a ukulele? There's like, but they like, might be holding a ukulele. Yeah, like there's the there's Alolan versions of of older Pokemon. Uh, so like there's an Alolan is the- Raichu, which is riding its own tail like a surfboard, and there's an Alolan uh, Executor that its neck is really long, so it looks like a pi- uh, palm tree, and you know things like that. Is there is there a pig Pokemon that the Hawaiian version is like buried just, under some just hot ro- roasted with an apple in its mouth? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've been doing that. And if anybody wants to, if anybody wants to be on my friends list, check check my Twitter like two days ago when I posted that because otherwise I would have to I, I should be on read out the list, sequence Riff. of numbers. I, yes, you I should still be. Still have. I still have a quest to have 
to make three friends and I've been oh. like, I already made all my friends. Why do I want to add more friends? Just, just but do I what, I do what I did and post, post the number on Twitter and you'll get like 20. Yeah. I, I, I don't want that many. <laughs> I only want people I actually know. <laughs> you can just, just get like, take the first three offers you get and then click the ignore button on all the rest of them. Oh, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot that like, Putting your code out there doesn't automatically mean consent. No, yeah, it's 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 back and forth, like you know, like pretty much all of these friends list things are. Um, right. That's pretty much it. Again, the internet was a mistake. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's pretty much all it for new video games. I did play an analog game, um, which is in in um, the uh, video games hot dog Slack. Uh, there was a conversation got started. Uh, I guess a week or so ago, uh, someone was looking for a, uh, like one of those monthly loot crates except puzzles based. And in, in my, uh, my, my helpful Googling, I found a thing that's escape the crate, which escape dash the dash crate dot com. And it's, it's 30 bucks every other month and they send you like, an escape room in a box, basically, basically the oh, same sort of nice. escape room in a box as the uh, exit the box games are. It's like you Mostly you get card some. Based or? It uh no it's the oh were those card based I guess those were kind of card based I mm, I wonder which variety of various packaged escape games I'm thinking of then but anyway it's it's the it's the sort that's like you have some envelopes that you're not allowed to open until you've solved a pre a previous puzzle mm. kind of thing and uh, and and those have information that you need for later puzzles and and so on and it also has a web component uh, that starts out with like a YouTube video uh introducing the the puzzle. I guess the all of the puzzles like as a series are themed as you're like a time cop basically. And so the all the all the puzzles that they've done, all the crates so far that they've done have been themed in various historical places like uh uh, uh like Bonnie and Clyde or or uh, George Washington or whatever. And, uh, the, the one for this month was like a 19, like a late 1930s film studio where somebody is making a movie about evil time travelers on the Titanic. So you had, so, so the, the time agency sends you to put a stop to this film being produced so that the world does not know about the existence of time travel. And so you're, you're solving puzzles to, to break into various parts of the studio and ruin their equipment so they can't finish making this movie um well yeah like a cop yeah exactly <laughs> uh it, it's kind of some of the yeah some of it's pretty funny because they're, they're like all right well we only need to destroy three of their cameras that'll be sufficient <laughs> i was like dang <laughs> but uh um, but yeah, and the website also gives you like your, your, uh, 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 flavor text for, for each puzzle and your type in, type in your answer to check it kind of thing. And like a pretty decent, uh, set of, uh, invisi clues for, for hints. And it all, it all holds together pretty well. It was, it was a pretty good, uh, pretty decent set of puzzles. I solved it solo in about an hour and a half when the, the, 
expert slash experienced escape rumor time limit was only an hour. Uh, but on the other hand, they also suggest playing as a group. So I had, so I, I had that disadvantage. Although on the other hand, it's a pretty linear set of puzzles. Like you, you really only have like one puzzle to work on at a time, uh, and to unlock the next puzzle. So I feel like if you had more than like two people, then everybody'd be in each other's way. Although the, the flavor text for the next puzzle, which is apparently set on the, the actual Titanic, uh, they implied that it's going to be a little more branching. So maybe that would be more group oriented. Like maybe they've, they've had this complaint from people who are trying to play in groups, but I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it was pretty good. And, uh, uh, like 30 bucks a month is, is, uh, or 30 bucks every other month is, is not all that much, especially if you're playing it with two or three people and splitting it up. Um, and the production quality is, is, uh, is decent. It's not like $30 worth of materials, but then I don't know how many man hours they spent devising the puzzles. So. But I'm but glad yeah, this it's definitely at the, at the, at the base rate, right? Like I'm, I'm glad that people are doing subscription. Yeah. Room escape stuff. That seems like a yeah. good idea. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's it's. Uh, I definitely recommend it for you guys in particular. But anybody listening who likes uh, uh, who likes uh, escape rooms, it's it's definitely worth a shot. They they offer it as like you can get it as just like a month to month subscription. So you could always just pay thirty bucks for the first one and try it, and you don't you don't have to continue this the subscription any further than that if you don't want. Yeah, let's get one. Can you but can you back order? Can you get back issues? I think so. Yes. You, you, well, yes and no. I think the way it works is if you sign up for a subscription, they charge you and send you the next one when they do the next one, which is going to be two months out now, unless, unless I don't know if they made, I, I, uh, I don't know how, I don't know when their sign up window closes for the next puzzle, you know? Uh, but they do sell on the site, uh, previous month's puzzles, although I think they're 40 instead of 30. That's reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, we should get we should get one for the office, Kevin. We should give it a shot. Yeah, that sounds great. I, uh, I thought of another game that been... I played, actually, that yeah. I wanted to talk about because it was cool. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you need, either of you signed up for the Switch Online sort of subscription service thing. Uh, yeah. But no. part of that is access to a bunch of classic games, and they keep adding more every month. Uh, and the, one of the three games they added this month was called Solomon's Key, which I had never oh, yeah. played as a kid. I've heard of that. Uh, I've, 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 I remember reading Nintendo Power about it. It's it is, with save states, it is really good. It is a really huh. well-designed, interesting game. Like, it has some really interesting sort of puzzly elements to it um, that... As I like, it took a little while to sort of get into it, uh, but I I played thirty or forty levels of it. I don't know how long it goes or whether it's finite or not. But but like the there are some levels, especially later on, that that get really tricky and interesting. And like I had to actually think about how to complete them. I don't know. I was I was really impressed. It was unlike any other Nintendo game I had ever played. Um, it's a little weird puzzle platformer game where you have the ability to create and destroy blocks. Uh, it's like a two D um, with gravity kind of thing. 
uh, it's super cool. I remember Solomon's key, the reputation of it being that it was reliant on like obscure, like touch a touch a certain square and a block appears somewhere else, sort of secrets. Um, but I might just be thinking of a different there's, game. So there's a huge number of things. Like sometimes when you break a block, it will have like a power up or a point scoring thing or like a key yep. or something in it. Yeah. And sometimes you have to create the block before you break it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. There- and that's the thing. It's like got a little bit of that, like just pass through this space to get the secret power up to appear, which is just a bullshit way of. But you don't need those power. I guess it's. Like- it's like it's not required. They're just points. They're just score. Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, I think yeah. the way the way to get through the exit is always like you can get extra lives and extra yeah. like fireballs to kill enemies yep. with, but you probably like every every level is solvable without any of those things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That seems fine. It, yeah. You definitely want to have some fireballs available for tricky situations uh, that would that are maybe possible but are really hard otherwise. Uh, some of the jumping stuff is really hard. Again, with save states, it becomes a very reasonable, very interesting game. I, I think without save states, I would have, I would have hated it. Um, I remember my cousin, we discovered a continue in that game because he got killed and like smacked the controller, like the NES advantage uh-huh. in a, out of frustration. And then started on, it started a new game on the level that we had died on. It was like, Oh, holy shit. And so then, like, we kept, like, getting to the second level and then trying to reproduce what he had done and finally did. Like, on the title screen, if you press up and B, it just starts you at the last level that you were at. Which is... Okay. That's cool. What's the uh, save and restore interface like on the Switch? Uh, It's weird, but totally functional. You you, uh, pull the right the right and left triggers simultaneously, which brings up the like interface where you can save a state, load a state, exit to the main menu and resume, I think. And maybe there might be one other thing that you can do, um, which is fine. Until it's, it's, it's a single fucking key press. It's not, I will always want to play Nintendo games emulated instead of, I mean, this is an emulation. What do you think of right, like that's. I, I know, but what I mean, emulated on a PC. Like I want to play them emulated the way that I did in 1998. Oh, you like, mean like just have a single thing that's it, like freeze and restore and stuff like that? If yeah, if if there was a say, if the save state was hit the left trigger to do a save state and hit the right trigger to load a save state, I mean, yeah. fucking go into a menu it's and select it. I'm just not like it's, but it's categorically worse than playing it on my PC, which I can always do. Well, except like, for the fact that you can bring it into bed and play it there, which is. I have a PC in my bed. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what you're. What you do in your off hours. I, I play nesticle. Okay. You play with your nesticles. <laughs> I think uh, it's I play FCE Ultra at this point. <laughs> Fa- oh, I, I get it. It stands for Family Computer Emulator. Ultra. Yeah. Yeah. What does Ultra stand for? I, I think it's just Ultra. Yeah. Uh, what have you been playing, Jim? This is a long-ass episode. Yeah, it's, we've had a bunch of talk. We've had a guest is what it is. That's true. Uh the only thing I have anything to say about is uh, I, I um, after finishing up Prey, I was like, maybe I should give System Shock 2 another go. Mm. And so I um, did I did some research to see what the 
the best the canonical way to play that is nowadays and apparently like the version that's on steam and gog are both like both have community patches already applied to them to fix a bunch of bugs which is neat um and so i just played the steam version uh and i i got like three or four hours into it and it's real hard to go back to like like i didn't really play it back in the day because it was too intimidating like the uh the horror elements really worked were really effective on me and so i was just like too scared to progress um which sucks because that's like like i think back in the day i really would have loved it like back in what 98 or whatever it was 99 uh and going back to it nowadays um it it's like so much of it seems so poorly made that it's really a uh, difficult um from a game design standpoint not like a technical execution right both. like it yeah. like the i remember the inventory limits being incredibly frustrating like there were yeah. so many things that you, like that the you can elements stack stuff, you can just stack like stuff in a not, room though <laughs> like your inventory is yeah, as large as the true. environment um cuz we played it as an assignment yeah, no, and i remember getting really into yeah. it and liking it a lot uh yeah but I also had not sort of, I have a lot of patience for games that have limitations like that. So I played it up to the showdown reveal right. and that was it. Uh, it's totally understandable that this game would have a lot of weird shortcomings because they made it in what, like nine months or something like that. Jeez. Some ridiculously short development time. Um, and so like at that point, there's just time to make the game. There's not really time to iterate and like you end up with whatever you end up with and you're lucky if it's good, but like, it's definitely, uh, hard to go back to. And I wonder if I would feel the same way about like Deus Ex, which I did play and enjoy back in the day. I don't know. There's we did that as an assignment too. Like Kevin gets hella into all of these oh, yeah. and just... <laughs> I, I usually complete just them. vanishes into so them hundred percent them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, some of my fraternity brothers worked I on actually... system shock too. So there's a handful of like in jokes for, for my fraternity in, in the game, which also oh, helps. That's, me that's funny. Be excited about it. Oh yeah. That was, uh, that was Boston, right? Yep. In, in Boston. Yeah. Do they, does anyone uh, who fits that bill live in San Francisco? We should have them on the podcast and interview them about the making of System Shock 2. I don't know. I'll have to find out. Write to your exclusive mailing list. <laughs> Ask them if you can borrow a drill, and then when they show up to give you a drill, say, actually what I meant was I'm going to drill you about System Shock 2. <laughs> okay. All right, shall we talk about the assignment? Wonder Song. I think that this game is really, really wonderful, and I didn't get very far into it, not because I didn't want to play it, but because I, like, want to play it a little bit every day because it makes me feel better about my life. I I don't want to run out of it. It's so good. It's It's like adventure. It's very adventure timey. Oh sure, yeah, yep. So it's like you're you're a guy while, like bouncing around in this like platforming <laughs> way that should be kind of frustrating, but it just isn't. Like the the levels, 
The areas are kind of samey, but they're not big enough that it's a problem. Like, it's just, it's like that there's no map would normally frustrate me, I think, mm-hmm. but you just don't need one because there's like, and the only way that you, the way that you interact is by like singing or making music on a little scale thing that appears around you, like a circular menu. I found a tutorial to teach you how to dance, but I haven't figured out what that's for yet. I think it's just for fun. Yeah. It's okay. So, well, so, so you yeah. Can, yeah, you can, yeah. You can dance as far as I can tell while doing literally anything yep. else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, when you convince the mayor to, to teach you how to sing a song, even though she can't sing, and then like she sings one horrifying note, and then you make like a, I just bit into a lemon face. <laughs> you can start dancing while doing while making that face. <laughs> you know, uh, my I the at the very beginning, I I the moment where like you pick up a sword and it shows you like the little radial thing to swing the sword. And the first monster you meet, you hit it with the sword and it breaks. And I was like going, right. Oh man, what do I do now? And I like tried every button and found the dance button. So my guy's just standing in front of this unbeatable monster <laughs> with this sad frown on his face, doing this little tap dance. <laughs> and it was the funniest thing. Oh, it's so good. I like the, like you each of the notes that you can sing has a color associated with it and there's like a lot of things in the environment that will change color uh mm-hmm. based on what you uh what color you sing which is pretty good. I'm um, I'm probably man. like 5 hours into the game and I just discovered like 5 minutes before the we started recording the podcast that if you crouch and sing you it's at a different octave. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, oh I, do. I didn't know that you could crouch. Yep. I think it's just for singing in a lower. Yeah, that would make sense. Man, God, what a what a fucking delightful thing. Yeah, there's a bunch of little light light puzzles that you solve, and but they're like, I don't know. Everything is just is just cheery and great, and the NPC dialogue is is well written and peppy and yeah. It all just sort of yeah, it's it's well. not, and even even at the times when like the tone doesn't really land for me, at least it's like pretty short. Yeah, right. Yes. You know, like that. And even just, like it's, the, it's the 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 fact that the the jumping isn't great, and occasionally there'll be like sort of a jumping puzzle, but there's like zero death penalty. You just go back to the last platform, so it's it's fine. You know. Yep. Games that yeah, want you man. to enjoy them. <laughs> yep. What yeah. a delightful thing. So, so good. Wander Song, it's out for PC and what? Switch. Is it on Switch? Switch? Yep. That's what I've been playing. Yeah. yeah. Did they get a publisher? Is that, did I see? Humble. Humble. In the publisher. intro credits? Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Humble's been knocking it out of the park. Uh, good on them. They like, they realized that their bundle business wasn't thriving and they figured out that they could do this like exclusives in the sort of subscription service and they've had some amazing titles in that like uh, uh getting over it and then they've been they've picked a couple of really good games to publish this and i can't remember some what else they did but i think i think i was like oh yeah they're really sort of doing some smart stuff so good, good there was a that. second game that was an ex- there was a second game uh, Wil- came out that Wilmot's oh, Warehouse. Wilmot's Warehouse, yeah, yeah, which I just still haven't played because of that. <laughs> oh, is it not available? Is it out? Yet? I don't know. I don't know. I like. I think I found out about it. I was excited about it. I saw it at Fantastic Arcade like literally a year ago, and I was like, uh, "How can can I buy this?" They're like, "No, it's a humble exclusive now." And then I just 
I think it's one of those things like Gnog, where it's just like, oh, I can't buy this on the platform that I want, and I just, I'm just gonna forget about it then and yeah. never buy it, which is a bummer. That is a bummer. Uh, we should do Wilmot's Warehouse as an assignment at some point, so that I'll have to buy it. <laughs> okay. But not this month. What are we gonna do this month? This year? Uh, this year we're this doing hour. Pig Eat Ball, uh, which is uh, by Mommy's Best Games. <laughs> Uh, and this is a game where the, the, the core mechanic is that you are a pig who eats tennis balls. And as you eat tennis balls, you get fatter. And so you can't fit through gaps. So you have to vomit the tennis balls. Um, and the goal, like in the goal in some of the levels is to eat all the tennis balls, but in other levels, it's other stuff. Like it's, I, when I played a prototype of this a couple of years ago, I was really impressed with just the sheer variety of, fun stuff the game had you doing and so like i feel like i what i'm expecting out of this is kind of a a modern mario-esque kind of a thing where like just every few minutes you're doing a different weird thing <laughs> uh which i'm excited about what platforms is it on i i think it's just pc maybe oh, I'm not that. sure not sure i would look it up well, gentlemen, I've had a fantastic time recording this episode of uh, Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And uh, maybe Nick will join us again when he has a little bit more time and has played some different games, <laughs> as we all will have, including <laughs> you, listeners. And don't forget to regularly check yourself for testicular or breast cancer. Oh, Nestibles. wow. What are, did we, are we doing community service, uh, so we have to do like public <laughs> service announcements now as part of the our DUI penalty? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a good out. That would be like, oh, you do a podcast? Okay, you can. Yeah, as long as you tell people to touch their balls or boobs, (laughs) then you won't go to jail. (laughs) Right. All right. Uh, Kakabububalaya. Later, everybody. Good night, everyone.